0: You're listening to the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast, episode 19. Today, we're breaking down some of the most popular types of cardio, such as HIIT and Tabata, and we're also talking about what types of cardio are right for you. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Leslie here. Welcome to the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. The 20-Minute Fitness Podcast is produced every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.20minute.fitness. All links are in the show notes. Also, feel free to email us with topic suggestions. Write your idea to podcast at 20minute.fitness. Now, let's get on with the show. As always, the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast is powered by Shapescale. Shapescale is a 3D body scanner, scale, and fitness tracker. You step on it and it digitizes your body composition in photorealistic 3D. Now available on pre-order on Shapescale.com. Hello and welcome back to the 20-Minute Fitness Podcast. If you're new here, thanks so much for tuning in. This week we're talking about all things cardio. From low intensity to high intensity to Bada to hit. we will go through these different methods and figure out which ones will work best for you and your fitness goals. Let's first address what type of cardio is best for people just starting out on their fitness journey. Well, if you're just beginning and have led a fairly sedentary lifestyle to this point, then the best bet is to start with low-intensity, long-duration cardio, meaning that your workout session lasts from about 30 minutes to an hour or more. This category includes exercises such as walking, biking, swimming, or jogging, uh, and other similar activities. A good gauge for whether or not a workout is low-intensity is that you should be able to hold a comfortable conversation in a low-intensity workout. As your fitness level increases, you can and should crank up the intensity and the duration of your workout. Your body uses fewer calories for this type of exercise than for higher-intensity exercises. However, when you do low- or medium-intensity cardio, your body utilizes oxygen intake, which means you're primarily burning fat for energy. Two big reasons why low-intensity workouts are the best for beginners is firstly because you decrease your risk for injury and allow your body to recover. Intense cardio, such as high-intensity interval training, is tougher on your body. While the volume of work may be lower than in steady-state training, the added intensity places more stress on your body. In fact, most people cannot incorporate high-intensity interval training more than two to three times per week without increasing their risk of injury or overtraining. However, if you're eager to start sweating, try a mix of high-intensity interval training and consistent steady-state training. To decrease injury risk with both types of training, as well as maximizing the benefits, vary your activities. So switch it up from biking to walking to swimming. The other reason you should start with a low intensity is that it allows you to continue burning calories without burning yourself out. It is very easy to dive headfirst and overextend yourself before you have built up the endurance and overall fitness to withstand longer durations of higher intensity cardio. Therefore, you end up spending more time sitting on the sidelines than you do actually burning calories. So if you simply keep a steady routine of low-intensity cardio, you will be able to continue exercising. Therefore, you're in a consistent routine of burning calories. A simple example for a low-intensity routine with variation is a 60-minute workout with two activities of 30 minutes each or three activities of 20 minutes each. However, low-intensity cardio isn't just for beginners. It is also for people who are looking to build muscle. If you're looking for maximum muscle growth while keeping fat to manageable levels, then you'll want to choose low-intensity cardio. It's also a great way to maintain cardiovascular fitness while you're growing muscle. If you primarily use high-intensity forms of cardio for muscle development, then you may end up burning calories that your body needs for muscle growth. If you instead choose low-intensity cardio, then your body taps into the fat stores during the workout, which helps you optimize muscle development while reducing fat. So who is low-intensity cardio best for? Generally, low-intensity cardio is the right choice for people who are just starting out as it keeps a consistent, longer-term form of cardio in your routine, and it's something that will not set you up for injury or burnout. Also, consider incorporating cardio if you want to maintain your cardiovascular endurance while building muscle. Next, let's move on to hit the buzzword that's filled many boutique fitness classes and scientific articles alike. So first of all, what is HIT and what does it stand for? HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. This is a variable intensity session where you alternate between bursts of 100% output followed by an active rest period, where you drop to about 50% output. The length of these intervals, as well as the type of exercise you're performing, depends on your fitness level. For example, someone who's just starting out may jog for 15 seconds and then walk for 15 seconds. Meanwhile, somebody with a higher level of cardio fitness may sprint for 30 seconds and then jog for 15 seconds. The cycle repeats from 12 to 15 minutes, followed by a cool-down period of light exercise. In all cases, you should be giving 100% effort during the high output interval. If you're doing this workout the right way, you should not be able to hold a conversation while you're doing it. Plus, you should be pretty wiped out when you're finished. HIT allows athletes to get more work at a higher intensity than if they did at a steady state. By having those rest intervals, you spend more time in the upper end of aerobic capacity, whereas you wouldn't be able to do that if you tried to do 10 minutes of high intensity cardio. What's more, it burns a lot of calories during the workout session. As an extra bonus, studies suggest HIT raises your BMR, or basal metabolic rate, for up to 24 hours after your workout. That means you'll keep burning calories long after you've left the gym. The fact is backed by scientific evidence from Dr. Len Kravitz at the University of New Mexico, who found that HIT increases post exercise energy expenditure, also known as excess post exercise oxygen consumption. Or EPOC for short. Kravitz notes that after a HIT session, oxygen consumption and caloric expenditure remain elevated as the working muscle cells restore physiological and metabolic factors in the cell to pre exercise levels. This essentially translates into higher and longer post exercise caloric burn. In simpler terms, this means that after a HIT workout, Your body will continue to burn more calories than it would after a lower-impact, steady-state exercise, such as walking or jogging. HIT also has some amazing other benefits. Among them, studies show that high-intensity interval training improves insulin sensitivity by anywhere from 23 to 58%. This is crucial because insulin sensitivity helps boost fat loss. If you become someone who is insulin-resistant, such as a diabetic, your body has more and more trouble losing fat. Also, HIIT workouts cause a spike in two key hormones, epinephrine and norepinephrine, which play an important role in fat loss. These two hormones, sometimes referred to as adrenaline and noradrenaline, the flight or flight hormones, are responsible for driving liposis, which is the breakdown of fat. Interestingly enough, a study from the Journal of Obesity noted that HIIT may play an especially key role in decreasing abdominal fat, which is the visceral fat that surrounds the organs in your stomach. And coincidentally, the area so many of us struggle to lose weight around. So before you race to Google your next HIIT workout, let's go over what you should avoid when training with high-intensity intervals. The first common mistake is training at a high intensity for too long. When it comes to hit, less is more. Slow and steady does not win this race. So how can you avoid this? If intensity training is going to work, then it needs to be, well, intense. Remember, 10 one-minute sprints are the equivalent for several hours of conventional cycling, according to research published by the Journal of Physiology. So make sure you cut down your sessions into tiny chunks. The second mistake is training too often. Since HIIT takes less than a half an hour, you may as well do every session every day, right? Wrong. Recovery is crucial to high-intensity workouts. In order to perform at a heightened capacity, you also need to give muscle joints and tissue a well-deserved break. So if you're tempted to cram your calendar with HIIT workouts, then the solution is simple. Don't you should be training four times a week at the absolute max. Treat yourself and take at least one complete rest day between sessions to let your body recover and avoid injury. Next is the classic pitfall of failing to warm up properly. Failing to limber up for a high-intensity workout is a recipe for disaster. Most injuries are caused by going straight into the hard stuff and not warming up. So, always remember that an intense session requires getting your body ready by matching the warm up with the workout. Mimicking the movements of your main workout at a low intensity will allow you to excel when you actually train at a high intensity. So, if you're planning a sprinting hit session, warm up with a light jog for 5 to 15 minutes or if you're planning on doing rapid-fire lunges or squats, take a moment in your warm-up to slowly move through these movements and wake up your joints. The last and not-so-obvious mistake is using too much equipment. Although some equipment can heighten your workout, dealing with alternating or messing with equipment between intervals can really take the bite out of the burst of high-intensity. Instead, invest in some dumbbells or kettlebells or equipment that allows you to do simple movements that you can do at a high intensity and repetition. But even keeping to bodyweight movements, such as hill sprints or squat thrusts, anything that ups your heart rate to 90% capacity will do the trick. Just keep it simple. This week's episode of 20-Minute Fitness is sponsored by Health IQ. An insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. The Health IQ Advantage is their unique mortality model on the health-conscious, and they have lower rates for people who are leading a health-conscious life, kind of like good driver savings on auto insurance. They have unique underwriting that replaces BMI with weight-to-hip ratio, takes into consideration cholesterol calculations, and more. In fact, 70% of their exclusive rate clients get approved at the top rate class. Health IQ is the fastest growing life insurance company with over $5 billion in coverage. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com 20fit or mention the promo code 20fit when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Life insurance companies calculate your policy rates based on your nearest age, not your actual age and rates increase as you get older. Lock in the best rate possible by getting a free quote today. So moving on to another popular high-intensity cardio routine, which is known as Tabata, or Tabata, Tabata. Um, We're going to take a break and I'm going to Google it. Okay, so I just quickly Googled it, and I think it's pronounced Tabata. So we're just going to go with Tabata. So this training style originated from a 1996 study in the Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise, which was authored by Izumi Tabata. So Tabata is one of the most scientifically researched types of cardio exercise, especially when it comes to high-intensity cardio exercise. The study done by Tabata found that intense four-minute workouts done five days a week for six weeks improved VO2 max. So what does a Tabata workout actually look like? Essentially, you pick an exercise and work out to your absolute maximum capacity and maybe even a little bit above that for 20 seconds and then rest for 10 seconds and then repeat that for eight rounds. An example workout would be doing the previously mentioned intervals with push-ups for four minutes, bodyweight squats for four minutes, burpees for four minutes, and mountain climbers for four minutes. So despite these workouts being fairly short in relativity to other cardio workouts, the 1996 study found that the VO2 max, which is the best measure of cardiovascular fitness levels, soared by an average of 28% across the board in the study. What is maybe even more impressive is that the group of trainees in this study were elite athletes. When you're near the peak of your ability in any sport, gains are understandably smaller and harder to come by. Think of a bodybuilder trying to add an extra quarter of an inch to his arms or a sprinter trying to shave off one-tenth of a second for his fastest time. To obtain VO2 max improvements of 28% is incredible. So for highly trained athletes, at least, shortened recovery periods are a great way of boosting cardiovascular fitness. Also, beyond raising your VO2 maximum capacity, Tabata has also been found to help with fat loss. So Tabata might be a good answer for people who aren't really in love with long-term cardio or cardio that lasts longer than 30 minutes, um, but they still want to lose weight. So again, before you start incorporating different Tabata uh, routines into your workout regimen, uh, let's go over some things that you may want to uh, incorporate into your next routine or be aware of before you start your Tabata workout. The first common beginner misstep is to assume that all Tabata is just bodyweight exercises. Tabata intervals are classified as a cardiovascular workout which keeps many from doing anything but traditional cardio exercises. This is a huge missed opportunity to up your fat loss game while still getting an aerobic workout. This is because high-intensity interval training using weighted resistance has been proven to be superior to regular cardio for fat loss, also boasting the afterburn we talked about earlier. Kettlebells might be your best bet. When it comes to adding weight to your to workouts, since they're easily maneuverable and can move from interval to interval quite easily. Think about integrating exercises like kettlebell swings, cleans, thrusters, and renegade rows into your intervals. Another common misconception when it comes to Tabata workouts is that each movement has to be high impact, but low impact moves like pull-ups, kettlebell swings, and walking lunges holding, let's say, a heavy dumbbell will get your heart rate going. Cycling is also an option as long as the resistance is cranked up enough that you're really pushing. Swimming can also be turned into a Tabata workout provided you push hard enough. The next pitfall that many newbies fall into uh, when they start a Tabata workout is not allowing enough recovery time. It's because of this high intensity that most people see quick results. Unfortunately, this leads to the mindset that more is better, which makes people start to favor Tabata workouts over everything else in order to see more results. It can quickly become too stressful on your body. At best, you might see great results for a while while at worst you'll become injured, extremely fatigued, or thoroughly burned out. Instead, incorporate Tabata one to two times per week as a way to shake up your workout routine. The next thing that you might want to consider avoiding with Tabata is using a treadmill. Although Tabata can be manipulated to be a part of swimming, cycling, treadmill running really doesn't work well with Tabata. The reason treadmill sprinting is a bad idea when doing Tabata is simply because the active intervals are too short for the machine. Think about it. How many seconds does it realistically take for the treadmill to get up to a sprint level speed? Five to six seconds? That's a big chunk of time when you're only talking about 20 second intervals. But if you are looking for a running type Tabata workout, then your best bet is to just ditch the treadmill and go for the track. So the last cardio topic we'll be talking about today is high intensity cardio for relatively long periods of time. This is where you maintain a high level of intensity throughout most of your session. However, because of the high intensity, your sessions are relatively short, generally 30 minutes or less. You can do many of the same exercises you do for regular cardio, except you ratchet up the intensity. Examples include running, hiking, or rowing. This type of training is generally used for endurance training. So this type of cardio is most commonly seen in training regimes that are made for marathon training, um, Ironman training, or Spartan race training, Um, as all of these are races or long forms of cardio um, that need to be trained for over a longer period of time. So let's look back on what we talked about. If you're looking to just start cardio, then long-form, low-intensity cardio is your best bet for a continuous routine of burning calories. It is also a good bet for people who are looking to gain muscle but at the same time maintain a level of cardiovascular fitness. Secondly, when it comes to high-intensity interval training, um, like HIT or Tabata, um, it's a great option for people who are looking to improve their cardio ability and also burn a lot of fat in a short period of time. Lastly, if you're looking to build your endurance for your next big race, then look to long-form, high-intensity cardio to help you train. So that's it for this week's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Thank you so much for listening. Again, all of the studies that were mentioned in this podcast will be available in our show notes at www.20minute.fitness. Also, if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like us to cover on 20 Minute Fitness, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at 20minute.fitness. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to leave us a review um, or rating, and if you send us a screenshot of that review or rating and send it over to podcast at 20minute.fitness, then we may just send you a mystery prize. Thanks so much again for listening, and hope to meet you back here next week to listen to the latest in fitness and nutrition. Bye!